Welcome to Projects from the Heart podcast. Listen as we talk with changemakers who are forging ahead to follow their dreams and passions. Get inspired by these trailblazers and hear them share their secrets of success. Find that aha moment, that inspired one-liner that will propel you to live your dreams and a more fulfilled life. Here are your hosts, Ingrid Verkamen and Jeff Poole. A woman beyond ordinary, that is exactly what Sonali Takur is. I'm very happy that Sonali is joining us on this episode of Projects from the Heart. She is very versatile, a mom, wife, air stewardess, reality TV contestant and also a business owner. She's born in Mumbai, India, and she came to New Zealand with her husband Amrit to raise their family. Her passion for life and all things baking is contagious. You can find out more on her Facebook page, Sugar Salt and Love. Ingrid, I am so excited to be here and to introduce a friend of mine, Sonali. This podcast is about projects of the heart. When we live from what is in our heart, it brings out the best in us and those around us, and it makes life richer and fuller. Sonali is someone who has taken the courageous step to follow her dreams. The passion of what she does runs out like a beautiful drip cake with chocolate icing oozing out. <sighs> Be seen in what she produces. Yep, you've guessed it. Sonali is an amazing baker and cake decorator. We are so excited to have Sonali Takur join us on the show today to share some of her journey. By day she flies and by night she bakes. Hello, Sonali. Uh, hi, Jeff. Hi, Ingrid. I'm really excited to be here on this um, interview with you. Uh, I can't wait uh, to hear what sort of questions you have for me. And I'm, I'm like, really excited to tell you what I feel deep down inside. It's been just over a year since we first met. Can you believe it? <laughs> Absolutely. Straight away. Absolutely <laughs> I was inspired by your passion for what you do as well as your kind-heartedness. And that's why I'm really so excited to have you here today. Oh, Jeff. It takes one to know one, I would say. <laughs> Good oh, I really want to know, tell us a little bit about your childhood to start with. Um, wow, childhood. I've got like the, the sweetest memories uh, of growing up. I grew up in what is a very atypical uh, household in most parts of the world, but I grew up in a joint family. It's a very common concept uh, when, it was a very common concept when I was growing up in India, where you have the matriarch and the patriarch, which is my grandmom, my grandparents, and all the children living under one roof. So I grew up with my uncles and aunts and all of my cousins uh, under one roof. It does have its pros and cons, but I have only concentrated on the upside of things growing up, uh, which is to draw influence from not just mom and dad, uh, but a variety of individuals with a variety of hobbies and passions and personalities. So I think growing up in a joint household was very, very enriching, uh, to say the least. So definitely when they say it takes a village to raise a child, 
had a you had a whole village a whole family to raise you absolutely and being the the eldest of my generation uh, and being the favorite of the family uh, has its own advantages as well oh you were pampered yes uh, yes pampered uh, loved uh, loved the most pampered the most but also expect stations are the most out of you as well so uh yeah it does have a good side and a bad side <laughs> well i think so because when you are born and raised in a family as yours that pushes you forward with lots of love well that is the fantastic start huh? absolutely yes and more people to go and um, open your heart out to and uh, more perspectives like uh, to deal with any problem that comes your way so you uh, you were raised in mumbai yes i was raised in mumbai uh, born in mumbai raised in mumbai until the age of 21 and tell us a bit about your grandmother because i know she inspired you uh my grandmother uh, is my absolute strength she's she's gone now for uh, very many years but she i still draw strength from her knowing that she was she never went to a, a proper school she was uneducated uh, for lack of a better word but uh, ended up creating an absolute kingdom of her own a very enterprising woman uh, she saw business everywhere around her because she had to raise a family of five children so anything that she touched just absolutely turned to gold because of her positivity and she's the one who had a flair for food and um, loved to cook for the family she she would show her love for everyone through her cooking and that's where i think i get it from so how did you end up getting to new zealand then my husband moved to new zealand um 13 years ago i was living in hong kong at that point uh, we ended up having a, our son a uh, long distance <laughs> as well and uh, <laughs> i might ask how that works <laughs> <laughs> and as he started growing up uh, the, we needed to make a choice of living in one country and new zealand seemed to be the obvious choice um, because of various reasons um, you know, being a very child friendly country and just wanted to live here together and see how it went for us i heard from jeff that you you like to fly so what do you love about flying so much uh yeah, i want to say coming from uh, bombay or mumbai as it is known now that it, uh, i i was a small town girl but the uh, idea of seeing the world and seeing all the places that you see on tv uh, initially uh, was um, the passion for travel was uh, very uh, i would say it just took took over me and secondly being a flight attendant is an extremely coveted job from where i grew up uh, it's glamorous it's it's the high life so uh, obviously as a young girl that sort of attracts you as well uh, obviously once you put on the uniform and you step on an aircraft you tend to realize that it's all not all just makeup and fun it's a lot of hard work uh, but it grew on to me so um Uh, you fly you work but yet you get to see the world so the possibilities are endless with a flying job and that's why i loved flying 
So you love flying, but you also love baking. <laughs> what, is, what is the one that you are most passionate about? Between flying and baking, I would say now, now baking. <laughs> because I think I've, I've been flying now for over 24 years. So <laughs> I think I've done enough of that. Now I want to settle down with family as well and be more at home. So I would say baking. And especially now because baking has sort of taken over my life. So I would say baking is what I love. <laughs> so the first time that we met was on this set of the great Kimmy Bake Off. <laughs> yes. How did you get into the series? To be very honest, I love watching cook cookery shows. There probably isn't one that I haven't seen yet. Uh, and just just the idea of um, being on one, it's very daunting, you know, because it's all so high stress and the drama and everything. After, uh, you know, after watching the shows, I was like, no, I don't think I could ever do it. So when the opportunity came along and I saw them auditioning for The Great Kiwi Bake Off, I was like, no, nah, <laughs> never, never, ever. So on the last day of the auditions closing is when I said, ah, maybe let's see, you know, I'm never going to make it. This, is a, this country has a wealth of amazing amateur bakers and I'm never going to make it, but let's see what the process is all about. So I applied literally on the last day in April last year. <laughs> wow. 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 That's and the rest is history. <laughs> so how did it feel walking into the tent for the first time? Because you were so courageous. The last minute you put in your picture and there you go. Um, oh God, Ingrid, it was so surreal. I thought I was in a dream. There is no other words to describe the feeling when I walked onto the set. It was like you grow up, not, not really grow up, but for years and years I've watched The Great British Bake Off. And to be on a set that looks exactly like that, it's absolutely transporting yourself into a dream. So yeah, to say the least, it was very dreamy and I didn't even know that it was happening to me on that first day. <laughs> Oh, you're, you're so drawn to glamorous things, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> she certainly is. I think, <laughs> I think one of the things that makes it so challenging is that we're so passionate about it. And so when you're there on the show, the, the fact that you could actually get eliminated is quite daunting. But I, I was, remember sitting on those stools and I was there when you won Star Baker and I felt immensely proud and excited. How did you feel? <laughs> Gosh, Jeff, you know how it feels. You've been there. You've been in that <laughs> position as well. But you know the flutters and because um, you know when you do the first bake and you sort of have a possible shot at being star baker and the whole on the next bake you're giving it your best and the tingles and the excitement. It's it's so nail biting. I cannot cannot even begin to tell you. It's probably like my heart was racing a mile a minute uh, that day when they were announcing the star baker. But when they actually announced it, it was like I think I had it in the bag right from the start of the day. <laughs> so it's a bit presumptuous, but I just very difficult to explain the feeling you know it, it it validates what you feel deep down inside about baking and you know you're good at it but you don't know where you stand but once you start baker you know you you nailed it That's did true. it come as a surprise to you 
on that particular day, yes, because I never thought that breads were my strength. Oh, I, I baked breads. Really <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and knowing that I was going, like, uh, my, my hala went into the oven 18 minutes to, <laughs> to, to the clock. <laughs> the, and it needed to bake for 20 down. minutes, didn't it? Oh, my I God. Know. I was like, oh my God, this is never going to work out. But, and I remember coming up to Jeff and Jeff was like, have you just put your breads in the oven? I said, yeah, and it's only 18 minutes. I'm just playing with the temperature and praying as hard as I can. And it just worked out. <laughs> so it must have been predestined. Hopefully you are Jeff there to give you good advice. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So but sadly, that journey came to an end. I asked you, first of all, how was it when you walked into the tent? Now, how was it when you walked out of the tent? What was that? Uh, I think the day was just too overwhelming. You're just too overwhelmed. So when you walk out of the set, and it's all a bunch of laughs because, you know, you were there to enjoy the journey. Of course, winning is a part of it, but... Uh, when on that particular day things don't work out for you, um, people people are there. They're, they're sort of keeping your spirits high. They don't make you feel bad about it. But it's only when you reach home and you know the next day you're not going on the sets is when it actually starts sinking in. And waking up on the next day and knowing that your other mates are baking on the set. So it took a while for the feeling to sink in, about a, over a week, I would say. But um, uh, having a supportive family sort of tides you over that sort of a feeling. And you've you really got to be uh, made of a very, very strong core to be able to handle a failure like that, especially when you know it's all going to be on national TV and in the public eye. <laughs> so I'd, say, I'd say it was all right. So that was the end of the Bake Off journey, but it wasn't the end of, of your journey. That was the start of something else. Tell us a bit what happened subsequently. For years and years, I've always wanted to have a little artisan bakery where I would just bake with heart, with my heart. I haven't had a, any uh, formal training as a baker or a chef or anything, but I know that things that I put out, people tend to enjoy them and they come back for more. So the idea of having my own little artisan bakery had already taken root a long time ago and the bake-off sort of propelled me in the direction of uh, realizing that dream so I ended up opening my own little bakery called sugar salt and love because because sugar salt and love is the holy trinity of what I do well you are a woman beyond ordinary that's for sure <laughs> by doing that contest you really found your own genius you will become more than just famous you will become an icon so why did you call it Sugar, salt, and love. That's a, a great name. <laughs> well, when the time came to choose a name for a business, it was literally when I was filling up the form in the New Zealand company's register, when I had to put down a name, I was thinking, uh, well, what do I call it? And a zillion names came to mind. And my Instagram profile is called Sugar, Salt and Love because 
it is literally the three ingredients that I use every single day in my kitchen. And that's why I call myself sugar, salt and love. And I said, yeah, why not? Uh, maybe because this is the essence of what I do, maybe my business should be called sugar, salt and love as well. And that's how sugar, salt and love came into being. Oh, that's perfect. I saw the sign the other day and it said, the only way to do great work is to love what you do. And I think your work is amazing, Sonali. And I oh, felt that you. love right from the time that, we, that I saw your work and we baked together. How does it make you feel when you bake? I don't want to be too ahead with my thoughts at this point, but I really, I feel my spirituality and my, um, the, the love that I feel, it all sort of comes together when I bake. It relaxes me. It makes me a better person. It takes away all of my stress. I tend to be, when a bake comes out nice, I'm like the, the happiest person around. So I would say that baking sort of completes me without sounding too cliched. So yeah, that's it. It just absolutely completes me as a human being. Well, that sounds really fantastic. Wow. You, I, you have created this wow moment for me. Because the way how you step into your genius and big, really geniuses, they make a ripple in the world. They <laughs> add something positive on people's life. Mm. And that's for sure something that you do. And you will get these followers trying to do the same as you do. And you yes. will, so, will be so an inspiration for them. So um, what, you, what would you say to people who aren't following their passion? I'm not in a place to advise anyone, but I can only say from my own experiences that there will be an aha moment in life when you will realize um, what, what makes your heart race and what makes you happiest and grab that moment and start doing whatever it is that makes you happy. Because when you do that, you do realize that every single aspect of your life just starts it just starts there is a knock-on effect and all the aspects of your life start getting better and better if you if you are doing something that uh, you you have a reason for doing whatever it is that you're doing right now but deep down all of us know what makes us happiest and once you've got a feel of that and once you decide to do that your life just improves by leaps and bounds and that's why you should really go for it yes that sounds reasonable oh that's incredible advice that aha moment and finding that, that passion it's like everything comes in line doesn't it yep well when you go for your passion but one day you will go 100 percent for it and what about fear? Because a lot of people, they hold themselves back through fear. Don't you have any fear? You just step into it? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, just, all of us are made very differently. I am the sort of person, I, I do like to work with a safety net. Only because I have a lot of other aspects. If I was single, if I wasn't a mother who feared for my son's future, I would have probably gone all guns blazing and, you know, been completely nomadic about this and just gone and followed my passion. But because there are other lives linked to mine, I, I decided to keep my job, uh, which I don't know how long I will end up doing my day job. But 
uh, have no fear. Just at least have a go at it. And when you start, opportunities sort of just keep coming at you. And you will realize that your little sphere of possibilities starts to grow uh, once you go for it. Just don't hold yourself back. Even the simplest of opportunities, just take it. You don't have to completely take a leap of faith if you don't want to. But just go for it. Take the smallest of opportunity. And um, if I can say it, uh, trust me, things just start coming at you. Opportunities will come along. And you will realize eventually that you can let go of one thing and concentrate on the other. Yes, that's her spiritual side. <laughs> that's, that's amazing because uh, that's typical more for women than for men to follow their intuition and to feel exactly when the time is there to do the big leap. And that's amazing. So I think that your future looks so bright. <laughs> Thank you. Which will hold. Your future will hold an amazing person who's going to make a change in the world. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, oh, definitely. I just had the thought as you were talking, courage is not is not the absence of fear, but it's moving ahead despite it. And some people may be in a situation where they feel that they are too afraid to do something. Don't let fear hold you back. Just oh, go definitely. anyway, because there were, you know, you would have had fears, but you pressed through anyway. True. I still have fears. Like every single day, there is always that, oh, what if, moment you know but you still got to do what you got to do because you only have a very limited time and if you don't take the opportunity that has come at you today you are closing the door on possibly various opportunities that would have come had you opened that door and gone ahead you know so you have to give it a try the worst that can happen is you have to go a few steps back but uh, at least you tried so you will you'll always be happy that you did that, that's so true. For me, the same thing. When, when the fear comes up, like the doubt or whatever, that's your ego. But then your heart says, move forward. And that's what you do all the time. So the fear, that's such a little voice in your head, but you move forward anyway, because you are attracted by what your heart is telling you to do. Absolutely. Well, so what does the future hold for you, Sonali? Hopefully, uh, a lot of baked goods. <laughs> Maybe another TV show at some point in the future. I don't know. <laughs> I'd love to teach. To be honest, I would love to teach because I find it very fulfilling when I teach my little one. So, yep. so why not? And I've realized that there's so many people around that would like to learn, but just don't have the opportunity to go on a self-learning path. And why not? It, I find, I think sharing knowledge is, um, you know, you're just increasing your own wealth. Uh, so yeah, teaching is something I would like to do in the future, along with running my own business as well. I love that generosity of spirit about you. And I think <laughs> because of that, it, it will happen. I think uh -huh. she has all the ingredients to make it. <laughs> Thank you so much for answering all our questions and for opening your heart and sharing everything with us. Thank you so much, Sonali. Thank you so much. And thanks for thinking of me. And, um, I can't can't thank you enough for giving me an opportunity to actually voice out what I feel deep down inside. 
well, you are certainly one of the tribe. We call ourselves Women Beyond Ordinary with our group and you're one of them. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll have this big smile on my face for the rest of the day now. <laughs> yes. oh, so glad. So wonderful to chat with you and uh, we'll look forward to uh, seeing you next time. Absolutely, Jeff. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Ingrid. Bye-bye.